Worship the Lord. The following with sermon is from Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City, at the corner the of Lord Fifth Lord Avenue and Fifty Fifth Street, in the heart of Manhattan. We welcome you to worship with our vibrant community of faithfulness. Endures. Head to, to fapc.org and join our email list. And be sure to subscribe to FAPC in New York City, our YouTube channel. And now we invite you to breathe deep and lean into the beauty of worship with Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church. Listen now for God's word to you as it echoes to us from Exodus chapter 33, beginning with the 15th verse. And Moses said to God, if your presence will not go, do not carry us up from here. For how shall it be known that I've found favor in your sight, I and your people, unless you go with us? In this way we shall be distinct, I and your people, from every people on the face of the earth. The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, show me your glory, I pray. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you the name the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, God said, you cannot see my face, for no one shall see me and live. And the Lord continued, see, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanksgiving is upon us. This year, the path to our National Day of Gratitude feels different. Our collective mood looks less festive and more somber. In the face of this daunting pandemic, we've reduced our travel and scaled down our feasts. In this tough season, many people are finding blessings hard to locate, much less count. Illness, grief, and economic hardship swirl about us. The election we hoped would bring an end to political rancor and allow us to cooperate in addressing our country's problems has failed to produce an orderly transition in the public sphere virtues like integrity and truth, humility and respect, tradition and honor are in seriously short supply. If you're like me, you hoped, you prayed that by now the pandemic would be a memory, the election would be behind us, 
and the grueling slog through the minefield of 2020 would be all but over. I imagined tucking into Thanksgiving turkey and Brussels sprouts with lots of friends and renewed optimism. So much for wishful thinking. As Thanksgiving 2020 draws nigh, we feel cranky, disillusioned, and exhausted. Does anyone, we wonder, have a solution for the acrimony, a balm for our sore spots, and a sensible plan for moving forward? Here, I actually have good news. Sitting alongside us in the boat this morning is a spiritual guide who has paddled these treacherous waters before, Exodus. Exodus knows what it's like to get, have a long way to go and for people to feel cranky, disillusioned, and exhausted by the journey. In today's passage from Exodus 33, we find the Hebrew people camped in rough terrain at the foot of a mountain. The promised land is nowhere in sight, and everybody, the people, their political and religious leaders, even God, everyone has just had a knockdown, drag-out fight about promises and direction and who really loves who. In the aftermath of this tremendous kerfuffle, Moses, the prophet who led the people out of slavery in Egypt, hikes back up to the mountaintop. He returns to the spot where God issued the Ten Commandments. The prophet seeks out this, this sacred place, this holy ground where he has heard God speak most clearly. In that spot, Moses unburdens his soul. Holy one, I've got to confess, the, the golden calf dust up has frightened me, no disrespect, but, but I need to know, are you about to cut and run? Uh, I cannot possibly handle this wilderness, this exodus, this people, this plan to escape from slavery and form a whole new nation without you. I need to know, are you in? Are you going to accompany us on this journey? Will you go with us? Biblical scholar Dennis Olson points out that while the book of Exodus describes a difficult physical trek for the Israelites, it also describes an equally challenging spiritual journey. As the people travel the paths of the wilderness, they are learning about themselves and they're learning about God. They're learning to call God by name, or should I say, they're learning all sorts of new names for God. Because over the course of Exodus, God's name expands. The people's understanding of who God is grows. At the beginning of the story, God addresses Moses from, from a burning bush. Uh, Moses asks the flaming shrub, who, who are you? Who shall I say sent me? God replies, I am. Tell the people, tell old Pharaoh that I am sent you. As Exodus unfolds, we learn more and more about 
I am. Grounding the people in history, God says, I am, I am the God of your ancestors. Reminding people about the source of their liberty, God says, I am, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Speaking about forgiveness in today's passage, God says, I am, I am gracious and merciful. In Exodus, God builds on I am. As the people travel around, God keeps adding to the divine name. As the people follow the I am through the wilderness, their sense of who God is expands and intensifies. And then we get to Exodus 33. Here, Moses has the audacity, the crazy courage to ask God to expand the divine name just a little bit more. I, I want to know, Moses says from his perch atop the mountain, I want to know, oh great I am, if you're planning to stick with us on this journey. Yes, having a pillar of cloud lead our caravan is nice. Yes, your rumbling on the mountain is impressive. And to be sure, we need the laws that you sent us. But what I want to know, what I, what I really need to know, Moses pleads, is will you walk alongside us? Will you be with us? The Hebrew word Moses uses here is Imanu. Will you be Imanu? Will you be Emmanuel, God with us? This title rings in the ears of Christians with powerful familiarity. We use this word, this name, with reverent awe to refer to Jesus. O come, O come, Emmanuel. In a way, that hymn, the, this notion that God might be more than a force out there somewhere, but a presence standing alongside us in the trenches of life begins here in Exodus 33. Will you, Moses asks God, allow us to add a new name to our sacred list, to append a new title to the beginning of our prayers, Will you be Emmanuel, God with us? God responds, I will do the very thing that you have asked. It's an astounding answer, a, a sacred moment. Yes, says God, yes, you can call me Emmanuel. In response, Mo Moses does what you might expect of, of any fourth grader bargaining with his parents or, or any corporate attorney worth her billable hours. Moses asks for proof. If you're going to be with us, really with us, I want to know what that looks like. I want to see your glory. God's response to this second request is, is fascinating. You cannot see my face, for no one shall see me and live. Traditionally, 
people of faith have understood God's initial response in Exodus 33 to be a reminder that the Almighty is not just like us, only a little bigger. Here, Exodus highlights the otherness of God, the vastness of God, the mystery of God. God's being is beyond our words. God's power is beyond our ability to comprehend. God's glory, says Exodus, will take the flesh right off your bones. Remember the final scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark? It's like that, God says. Pure glory will melt you. Now, seeing the disappointment wash over Moses' face at this, God continues. I do, however, think there is something you can experience. I will put you in a cleft of the rock. I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Rock of ages, cleft for me. You cannot look at my face, says God. But when I take away my hand, you shall see my back, and my glory will be reflected in the world. This is the G-rated way, by, by the way, to uh, translate the Hebrew. M many scholars claim that a more literal render rendering of this verse would be, when I take away my hand, you shall see my backside. On hearing this in seminary, the hand of one of my friends shot in the air. Are you, Professor Wilson, saying that God moons Moses? Well, he replied with a thin smile, yes. Some believe Michelangelo tips his hat to this curious interpretation on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Now, right about now, I can picture my spouse rolling her eyes, enough with the adolescent humor. What's going on in this story? What does this encounter mean for Moses and the Hebrew people and for us? for anyone seeking to survive and even to thrive while journeying through the wilderness. Well, first off, I think Exodus here wants to prepare us for how life really is. In so many ways, as we go about our days, God does feel mysterious, elusive, and incomprehensible. When, when God says, you cannot look straight at my glory, we nod. Actually, we didn't expect to have an unfiltered, undiluted, 100% experience of God today. We're not surprised that God says to Moses, you cannot look straight at my face. This, we say, shrugging our shoulders, must be where faith comes in. Move along, nothing to see here. But at this, Exodus 33 grabs our sleeve. Hang on. This passage is actually saying something very different. There's so much to see here. So much to see precisely because God is with us. The luminous dust of, of God's glory lies all around us. It, it rubs off on the world whenever God passes by. I believe this. I believe it because of you. You who call this church home. 
are forever drawing my attention to sightings of the glory of God. This past week in a, in a men's book group, I watched three FAPC members grow teary-eyed during a discussion of James McBride's beautiful book, Deacon King Kong. We were talking about grace and about how God really and truly does change people's lives when all of a sudden it became a very emotional discussion for this group of guys, a conversation dusted with God's glory. A few days ago, I found out that churches all around the country have been asking to use FAPC's virtual hymn arrangements in their online services. We've said yes and yes and yes to these requests. At first we didn't realize it, but then it dawned on us, Ryan Jackson, Patrick Krieger, and FAPC's amazing vocal artists are creating an online hymnal. We've lost track of how many diverse communities all over this country are using this music. I'm so proud of this work in part because I sense in the choir's graceful willingness to share this heartfelt music, a holy nod, a, a, a solidarity with others in the wilderness, an echo of glory. Our pandemic food program, A Place at the Table, provides meals, clothing, medical care, and social services to homeless individuals in Midtown Manhattan. This past week, Reverend Kate Dunn informed me that since our hunger initiative began back in June, seven individuals, people who initially came to the church seeking a meal, have also been placed in housing. As the weather turns colder, the good work done by our outreach team reflects, well, it reflects, I believe, the glory of God. My friends, we've reached the end of Exodus. I'm gonna be sad to see this banner go. And the Hebrew people are not at the end of their journey. Neither are we. A tough road lies ahead. But there's also sustenance to be found on the way. I pray you will be strengthened in this time, as Moses was, by the same holy fire who walked by the cleft in the mountain. I pray we can all give thanksgiving this week for the I am who walks this hard path with us. The one whose presence glints off the rocks around us, the holy companion Moses dared name Emmanuel. Go about your lives, my friends, with Christ's peace in your hearts. Have courage, hold fast to what is good, do not return evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all people. Love and serve the Lord. Happy Thanksgiving. Amen.